Today's show is sponsored by Airtable. Airtable is the all-in-one collaboration tool that powers the teams behind the next generation of addictive multimedia content. That's reality shows like 60 Days In on A&E, thoughtful technology reviews from The Wirecutter, quick-turn video from powerhouses like Group 9 Media and Condé Nast Entertainment. All those companies use Airtable, so you should try it today. Get $50 in credit free by visiting Airtable.com slash Recode Media. This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That's me and that's Kara Swisher chiming in in the background. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. I am talking to you from the lovely San Francisco office. I can see the view. Look at that. Beautiful. Big, big money for that view. Yep, not too much longer, but yes, indeed. I'm here with Kara Swisher. Who is Kara Swisher? You know who Kara Swisher is. That's why you're listening to this podcast. She's, what's your title? Executive editor. Boss lady. Boss lady is what you call me. Um, but now we're partners. We are. We are co-producing. The, the Code uh, Conference. The Code Conference. Yes. We're, we're partners in life. It's great. <laughs> we did this, uh, we did this <laughs> a year I'm ago. I'm senior partner. I know. It's like that she doesn't, suits. She doesn't, it's like suits. You're she, the, the guy who doesn't have the law degree. That uh, you know, I'm the second person to reference suits in the yeah. last day. It's well, that's because she's yeah. marrying the other star of is marrying the Prince of England. I was unaware yeah. that she was a suits person. Oh, my God, of course. Why else would you know her? She's she's from Suits. She's great on Suits. Okay. Well, my no longer, but she was great on Suits. We're just doing an hour on Suits? No, I could. What network is, like. was Suits on? I don't know. But USA? I don't know. USA, It seemed yeah. like a USA show. USA, yeah. Okay, if you're still listening to us, um, Kara and I talked a year ago about tech and media and mm-hmm. Kara's life story, So we, and it was a good interview, so we I thought suppose. we would run it back. We don't need to go over Kara's life story again, but a lot's yeah. happened in the last year. Yes. Um, we talked a year ago, and we were a little morose yeah. post-election. Yes. Um, I remain morose. <laughs> That's not changed. Yeah. What's your? There was a, a brief flurry of, of real anger, I think, and, mm-hmm. and fear um, post-election and then leading up to the inauguration, and then there was a lot of activity right. um, politically, I think, in journalism. And my sense is that while there's a ton of really interesting and good and vibrant journalism going on, some of the— uh, the energy that animated sort of the the anti-Trump movement has dissipated? No, is that, I no. don't agree with you. You're there. No, I think it's worse than ever. I think, and, and then the energy is there. I think there's been great journalism done, and it's morphed into all kinds of different ways we weren't aware of. I think a lot of the sexual harassment coverage that's happened in a lot of the publications, including the New York Times and the New Yorker uh, and elsewhere on, all, on our site and other sites, the information, others, has is a direct result of, uh, including Uber, the coverage around Uber, is a direct result of anger towards what happened in the election. Around. So even when we're not mentioning Trump, we're yeah. talking about that. Oh, yeah, because it's an issue that's become aware. If we can't get him at some of the allegations, of which there are many, um, I think uh, it was it was a, a reckoning moment. I think that's the word everyone's using, reckoning. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about sexual harassment uh, and reporting. Sure. I was thinking about the Trump stuff today or yesterday because the travel man yep. that, that was the first big, I think, sort of movement sure. that galvanized. tech thing. The tech in particular, but I mean, throughout the country, people were galvanized by it, but it became a thing for tech to grab onto. Um, and it was a, not easy, but it was a thing that where almost the entire tech community said, can't stand for this, we're going to fight it. It's a version of that that well, it's, really it's dramatically changed. Well, it's in effect until they can litigate, uh, until, they, until it, the lower it, courts work it, on but it. It's, it. No, no, it's, it, but the Supreme Court said it can, it can go ahead. It can go ahead until, it's a little more complicated than that. It's not just, it, they didn't approve it. They said right. there's all It's not approved. Of, I, right. My point is, is that that story, we put it in our fine newsletter, but mm-hmm. it 
no discussion of it. Everyone sort of seems resigned to the. Well, to I think that that's idea. the that's the whole point of the Trump administration is wearing you down with persistent and consistent lies. And I think it's the exhaustion, the wearing down of. And if you, there was a really good Tony Schwartz piece. He writes a lot about Trump. He wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. He's the biographer. Yeah, the biography. This constant uh, lying that keeps going on, and then you just keep lying, and then people who are tell the truth just give up essentially. And we saw this coming mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, right? Yes. I mean, some some things that we thought about haven't come to pass. I think I think a lot about the fact that right after the election, I think we imbued uh, Trump and his circle with, with, we said, well, they must be magicians. They must be able to see around corners. Bannon no. must be a genius. Jared Kushner really must know what he's doing. And I think- I didn't think that, but okay. As time goes on, right? They yeah. sort of are who we thought they were prior to the election. It's yeah. just now they're running things. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the problem. I mean, it's a it's a it's a culture of lying that you have to constantly be fact checking, and I think that's what happens is the the press starts to look like you know Miss Crabtree checking your homework, and then that's not a really good stance to be in, right? You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and at some point you you equalize with the liar, and so it's a it's a he said she said when in fact it's not at all. It's a he lied, you correct, and that's the problem. Right. I think I do think of all the stuff we sort of acclimatized. Is that a word? Yeah, I yeah, you become you can acc- acclimated actually is the word, um, but you know. I think one of the issues is that you that because of this because so, social media becomes so amplified, the lying becomes so amplified, and then you have all these voices of, of supporters of liars, and you know, and so it just becomes this ridiculous, you know, um, you know, where facts don't matter, and that the, there, there's an argument for everything, which of course there isn't, which that puts media at a real problematic. Uh, Juncture. At the same time, I think it's it's in, invigorated the media. I think I've never seen so much good journalism done in a very short amount of time. There was a lot of, of introspection after the election on the press's part. What do we miss? What do mm-hmm. we get wrong? Um, there was a lot of we got to go out into America and find Trump right. voters and talk to them. Right. How do you think that that has gone? I think there are Trump voters everywhere. I don't think they're in America. Like, you know, this whole thing about real America. I'm a real American. So are the people in the Midwest. It's nobody gets, like, to be, have the moniker of real Americans. There's just different Americans. Um, I think, you know, they have done a lot of those pieces where they go out and find people disagreeing with each other in Kansas. Or Mark Zuckerberg takes a trip to whatever state yeah. he happens to be in at the time and meets the real people. Uh, you know, there's a lot of that going on. And there's been a whole bunch of Silicon Valley people who've done that, little trips, getting in vans. You know, Steve Case just announced another new fund with right. J.D. Vance and a bunch of others around funding people in all kinds of parts of the country. I agree with that, by the way. There's talent everywhere. And to, to assume that there's someone only in Silicon Valley or in it's Austin. It's easier to, to get into Silicon Valley, Of course it is. Right? And it's also they pattern match among people that look like them. And I think, you know, I always have this concept that there is a— a little girl in Afghanistan who could solve cancer, but she's never going to be able to, or can create the next quantum computing leap or something like that, but she's never going to get the skills or the opportunity to do so. But the, the mind is there, is sitting there, in, in, almost trapped in a lot of ways. And so I, I applaud all those efforts. I don't know you're going to yield the next Facebook. Maybe you will, but I, I do think that there's talent everywhere in the world. Back to the, the media part of it. So there... Um, you didn't say I'm going to go talk to Middle America. You said screw Middle America or screw no. my screw my backwoods cousins who are who are Trump <laughs> voters. I see more Middle America. I did actually yeah, go. I, I went to Kentucky and West Virginia this year. But I did. What you did say is, look, I I I want us to do. I want us to be more confrontational. Mm-hmm. I want us to be less stenographers. I I personally want to do that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the beginning of the year, you you wrote a lot of when we were egging you on to do it, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're real op eds saying right. this is what Silicon Valley should do. This is this is how we should view Trump. This is how we should take him on. And I was correct. He was going to screw us on immigration and transgender issues and all kinds of social issues. I mean, they, Seem, seemed like that was invigorating for you to. It write was. That. It was. I stopped writing as much as I should have because I, I like the podcasting more because I think I say the same things in podcasts like almost continually. I think one of the things I was doing I think early in the year and I got in a big fight with a Facebook executive and at an event in Germany in January. January, um, about their responsibility. And I've been talking about this almost persistently on the podcast, which was the abrogation of responsibility by social uh, media companies, especially Facebook, Twitter, um, and some others, uh, where they just give up on on doing their jobs, essentially. And so I think that's been a, a bell that I've been ringing a long time with them. They, fi- they find it annoying, but as it's turned out over the course of the year, uh, they, they certainly they certainly drop the ball on a lot of issues. Well, let's talk more about that, right? Because mm-hmm. they've been sort of dragged now into Congress. Yeah, dragged and, and, the and, and not the CEOs, right? They send no. their lawyers because they're all the busy. the boring people. They um, but you can't be surprised by that, right? You yes, send, I am. Send the yes, I am. Because they, they like to like, you know, they like to come out and say things when it's when it's in their control and under their Exactly, terms. when it's under their control. Right. I, I don't know. I think this is beyond their companies. It's about being, protecting our democracy. And I think they should... Talk about it honestly. So they really, you and I have this thing where many people do is that they're media companies, they refuse to admit they're media yes. companies. Leaving that aside, right? right. Um, you know, whether or not they're the, who cares what they're called, right? Right. They honestly believe, I think, um, that they really should be a neutral platform where they're not weighing in on one view or the other. And I think they honestly believe that. Left to their own devices, everything will sort of work out, and the the good arguments will rise to the top, and the it's bad ridiculous. stuff. Will, do Do you agree that that's what they think? No, I don't think they think th- that. I think they what don't. Do you think do, they think? I think they think that they they know these platforms are being badly misused, and they don't know what to do about it. And I think they're confused and upset. Do you think by they it. realize that I now, or do you think they've always known that? Um, I think it was a slow burn. You know what I mean? It was a slow dawning on it. The penny dropped really, like, lugubriously. But I do think they do. I've talked to lots of Facebook executives that feel bad. They feel bad. They do, they do understand something happened here that wasn't good. I think Mark has talked about that uh, several times. He's moved closer and closer to that acknowledgement. Because um, you know, his initial Cheryl thing where— kind he- of said it in her visit to Cheryl Sandberg, said it kind of visited to D.C., like, mistakes were made. It's, we're kind of in the mistakes were made zone. Right. So what do you think they—well, you said— you do talk to them mm-hmm. right, privately. Mm-hmm. You're still Kara Swisher reporters, yes, so I do. They're, they're not letting their guard all the way us, down. Kara. First, it was stop nagging us, stop being hysterical, and then it was you have a point, and then it was okay, you're right. So what? Like you know, it shifts and shifts and shifts. And what's interesting, I saw a bunch of them the other night at this Yuri Milner um, event, this Breakthrough Prizes, which Mark Zuckerberg's involved in, and so is Sergey Brin and stuff like that. And it was, there were a lot of numerous executives there from all the companies, and I think they understand something bad went awry. I think there's just no question. I think what's interesting is when you talk about whether they're media companies or not, they that's where that we stick with that's where we make a mistake of sticking with them. They're not they're a new kind of media company. They're not media companies in the tradition of say New York Times or or Fox News or any, even Fox News and others. They're a media company in that the people primarily get their news from them and they are they are they are a gateway point and they should have more responsibility of what's on their platform. 
um, just the way, like I just re- recently visited Evan Spiegel at Snapchat around the new Snapchat. They've got enormous control over that platform and they use it and they acknowledge it. They, he acknowledges that he can pick and choose who he wants on, on Discover. Now, it's a smaller platform, obviously, but he I, he's the only one who actually says, yes, I have responsibility of who's on this platform and what people are getting from my platform. Right. And it's a different model, right? Yeah. Um, and he's also, by the way, he's, maybe it matters that he's an L.A. person and not a... Well, at least he understands what he's doing and like he doesn't pretend. And what's interesting is it's the same arguments. I just had a really interesting woman from the UK in the office today uh, talking about AI and she's formed an AI ethics committee. And one of the issues is the diversity of data that goes into AI. And if you have crappy data sets or biased data sets, you're going to get biased AI. If you have only white men designing AI, they're not going to think of all the different ways. And so the next era of computing is going to be badly biased because of who makes it and what data they put in and how that data is, and because, especially because AI learns from itself. I mean, I'm not an expert here, but you, you know, bad data in, bad data out. And so, um, or crap in, crap out, I think that's the expression. So you, ha- I think Silicon Valley is not thinking about the next stage, the same thing, the same way. They're not thinking about the implications of AI and who creates it, what data, what data sets are put in, how, uh, how unbiased or biased they are. Is there a bias check on some of these algorithms and things like that? And they should start thinking hard because this stuff is easy manipulatable, as the Russia has shown. Do you think they think we have to? We're in the we're in the we're out in the woodshed. Be there for a bit. This is going to pass over. We're going to pay our fine or whatever it is, and we're going to do our act of contrition. And by the way, we mean it, but we get to go back to what we were I doing. I think they're not going to pay a thing. I think there'll be no regulation. Um, I, think there, I, mean, there, get, gonna, I don't think By the way, you and, can, you, and, you and I agree on that. But yeah. do we, what do you think they do? But the point is, we're, we're, we're focusing this attention on them. It's negative. Do you think they think we're, we're going to cycle through this? Yes. Yes, I think they do think that. I think they, I mean, the most cynical of them know it. Um, the others, you know, they're such earnest, but you, you, you talk to them. Yeah. Oh, we feel bad. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. My issue is they are the richest and most powerful people in the world and they're always acting like they're victims. And that's exhausting from a group of people that have an ability to actively change the world. Like I was talking to, I think it was Susan Majewski or someone at YouTube. I think it was Susan. Um, and this was, I, I had interviewed Reed Hoffman who actually does answer questions, which is really refreshing. Um, and in an honest way, um, we were, t- we were at the ADL, which is the anti-defamation league. And, I pulled up uh, the Google search on ADL and you got what you get, ADL.com or whatever the homepage. Here's some stories about ADL. Here's some issues recently about Charlottesville and ADL. It was all the ones you would expect to get. When you went to YouTube and typed in ADL, you got alt-right anti-Semitic videos, one after the next after the next. And it was astonishing that that was what you got in about 20. You got an interview with John Greenblatt, who's the head of it, number 20 on the search. And I was like, I think I wrote Susan a note that said, hey, you have this company called Google that owns you that seems to be doing a pretty good job on search. Why is YouTube search so bad? Why are we getting this vile stream of horror from YouTube when you're owned by the company who does search very well in regular circumstances? But again, YouTube ideologically believes that that users left to their own devices are almost always going to provide better results than no. than the big no. boss man would. If no. it, that's, that's what they believe. But Google doesn't do it. Why do you get the exact opposite results from Google, which owns YouTube versus YouTube, where you get a stream of vile anti-Semitic videos? To be fair, there are plenty of, st- there's a story at least once a week where someone types in something into to Google and the predictive search gives them all yes. sorts of awfulness. Yeah, I think Christy Teigen did a really good one. I was around boobs or something right. like that. They it do was, it constantly. Yeah, I, but but at the same time, there's an example of 
if left to its own devices, bias and hate will rise rather quickly because, you know, what's incredible about the alt-right is they have a really good sense of how to use these tools. So do the Russians. The alt-right the, and Nazis seem to be very good at it. ISIS was good at it, right? ISIS is good at it. Like all the people This is This know. is the thing that has spun my head around for several years now and I keep getting surprised by it. But And I believe, because I'm— you wouldn't know it, but I'm an optimist. Mm-hmm. That you as, are Peter. As, positive as Peter technology, is for positive, positive fucking Peter is here. That, that technology, the internet, you spread it around the world and over time bends towards light, right? Yes, that's you what have, I have long you believed. People in benighted areas who don't have access to information, you give them information and over time things get better. And a lot of this is getting thrown back in our face. It's like, right. no, no, we're, gonna, we're actually going to take all these awesome tools you built and, and screw things yes, up. Yes, 100%. I think the Russia situation is exactly that, is that it's so easy and manipulable. And, but they could anticipate it. You could do it on, like, Facebook Live. They could have anticipated a bullying incident. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't think of that. Why it wouldn't be the—how do we prevent it? Now, they can't—I'm not giving them the responsibility of preventing every awfulness of humanity. I mean, humans can do just literally—they always surprise you by how low they can go. But they, but you, you, you should have some anticipation of tools that people could put into place. Like Twitter, I think, utterly abrogated its responsibility. And I think one of the reasons it's seeing trouble is because it is not a place that you that is getting better. Like it's like it's like San Francisco is dirtier than ever. It's not clean. It's not. You know, it just you get you see it. You see it. It was that it becomes, initial rush right of Twitter when yes. oh, look we we brought democracy to Egypt right. and they kind of believed it right and it right. seemed grandiose um, at the time but no it's a great communication but, but it tool. was being used for good then it was sort of hard right. to imagine people were going to turn this thing right. around and well, do vile things I think it. the problem is Trump is the real problem about that medium he's owned it he owns it he owns that medium he's really good at it right he's excellent he at do, it he can't, it's my least compliment I want to give to someone. He's what, who, Dan Scavino, I guess, types it in form. I think it's clearly it's the guy is channeling Trump a hundred percent. There's just it's a it's a beautiful medium for him, as he would say. Yeah, his, and his least good tweets are the ones where someone else has done them for him. Right? We can see he's, he's uploading stuff. It. He's good at it, but you know, I don't I don't think anyone can think it's bet that the, the medium is better for him being on it. It's just it's just a real nasty person is really good at nastiness. So. Should we talk about, speaking of nastiness, yeah. I want to talk about sexual harassment. Yes. We'll take a Another quick break nastiness. to hear from our sponsors, and then we will talk about nastiness. We'll be right back with Kara Swisher. Today's show is brought to you by Simple Human. These guys make innovative products that improve your everyday life. You probably have seen them in someone's house already. They make awesome trash cans. It seems like trash cans is not something you should spend a lot of time thinking about, but here's the deal. You get a good trash can and you know it. They're worth it. The new Simple Human Trash Can is awesome. It is a touch-free motion sensor can you can also control with your voice. I have one in my kitchen as I speak to you right now. If you've got a ton of mess that you need to throw away fast or you need to toss that paper towel in from far away, Simple Human can help. Just yell at it. Open the can. It opens. The can is tested to last more than 150,000 cycles. That's 20 times a day for 20 years. You can use your own trash bags or you can use custom fit liners from Simple Human. However you want to line your trash can, it will work great. You will not realize how much you'll enjoy using a touch-free motion sensor trash can until you have one in your kitchen. Trust me. Visit simplehuman.com to purchase your sensor can with voice. Use the promo code MEDIA at checkout. You'll get 15% off that trash can. Again, the promo code is MEDIA at simplehuman.com. Step into the trash can of the future. I'm back here with Kara Swisher. As promised, we're going to talk about nasty things. Yes. Sexual harassment, you said at the beginning of this conversation that you think some of the reporting we've seen is kind of a reaction to Trump. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Right? Um, a lot of stories about media men behaving yes. terribly. 
um, starting to spread in the government. Not that many about Silicon Valley and Some. technology. Some. Some. Not that yeah. many. You had a bunch. You had Dave McClure. Uh, there was one about uh, Justin Callback, who seems to misbehave quite badly. Just recently, uh, Shervin Peshavar stepped down from his firm and from Hyperloop, uh, another one. So there's been, it's been periodic and consistent. I think that uh, we wrote one about uh, Steve Jurvetson, who had some issues, but still unresolved. Um, there's been a bunch. There's, it has been like quite, it's not a hard, no one's group. done, there's no Harvey Weinstein. There was one about Google and about a lot of excessive dating at that company and the tone it set. Do you think that things are less bad in Silicon Valley and that's why we've seen less stories? Or do you think there's a different, the reporting isn't intense or there's not many people trained on Silicon Valley? Well, I've been here a long time. I don't know of a Harvey Weinstein character that I know of that I, I you know, I think Uber was that for a lot of, a lot of people. I think Uber is sort of pretty, that, that tone, it's more sexism than sexual harassment. All the sexual harassment is there. We've written a bunch of stories about various, you know, excluding at Uber around their, the India rape issues and stuff like that. So I think that, um, I think there's a heavy-duty gender discrimination. I think some of it did come out of the Ellen Powell trial. Everybody saw and understood what that was. Even though she lost, I think it did set off a... It was sort of a simmering fire that then was was ignited by Susan Fowler's memo, which the minute you read it, you're like, mm-hmm, that's right. Like, it was one of those familiar kind of things to a lot of women. Right, so that's about power, power and sort of systemic sexism, problems. Gender, gender differences, people of all diversity in general, the but, lack but, of. But not those horrif- not the same volume of horrifying stories. Um, and no. I know why they're not being reported in. It's not a Matt Lauer, in, Charlie Rose, the Harvey Weinstein. Right. Situation. So, I, and I know why they're not being reported in industries and parts of the country where there just isn't media. But there's right. a lot of media here, right? Yeah. I just don't think I have been here a while. I do not know someone in that level. I might have missed something. I think a lot of people wanted to attach it to. Um, I'm trying to think of who they. Re- I mean, I think uh, there just isn't there, uh, Uber as a whole. I think got that and is that is the Harvey Weinstein of this of tech in that, right? The, the behaviors around partying, around the way women are treated, the way they break laws, the sort of the bro culture. I think right, that's- Right, more sort of- It's wider spread. More being loudish and assholey than- the, Well, there the, And with a heavy dose of sexism. A hundred percent. And there were sec- people, like one of the things that I think we haven't done enough on, and I think I- it's my own laziness, really, and I think not. Not some reporters have tried, is around the non-disclosures agreements that people have signed. I think there are dozens and dozens and dozens of those that people have signed at Yahoo and Google and Microsoft for certain, and all the companies. There's not a company I think that's escaped it. Um, uh, there's a class action suit going on at Google right now around this, um, where they, they where there was been incidents of sexual harassment. The way I, I split it up, I think I've said it to you, and you said I should write an essay on it. Was there are serial killers. Harvey Weinstein, Charlie Rose, obviously Matt Lauer at this point. There are murderers who murder one or two people and then pay, get off somehow. And then there's people who hit you with their car. Like, they didn't mean it, but they still were clotted, did something dumb, like made a pass at a party or drank or some, something that's... It, it was really hard is the continuum is where do you say, okay, let's let that go by because you don't want to be the sex police at the same time, but at the same time that where it's systematic within companies and there's not reporting structures in place to deal with it. I think that's where I'd like to focus is the HR departments that are inadequate, then the tools for reporting aren't allowed or, or aren't, aren't, aren't adequate essentially. And you said, I, I don't want a sex police. I don't need part of a sex police. I, right. I, 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 there's There should be some kind of bright line between – 
Personal behavior. Personal behavior yeah. versus... Although you could say, I mean, I think the information tried to read Albert Getty's an excellent, he's done some excellent work on this at Netflix, uh, Roy Price, uh, and Amazon, Roy Price. They've done some great stuff around Roy Price. That was sort of an obvious situation. It was Kim Masters. Kim Masters did that for the information. And then, and then it continued in uh, lots of other places. Um, I think, you know, Netflix has certainly been affected because of Kevin Spacey and some others. Um, I think just today they just with Daniel Masters. Masters and, right. Yep. Um, they're just credit, welcome credit to Hollywood. That one, yeah. Welcome to Hollywood, by the way, for that, uh, for them. I think, welcome to the downside of Hollywood. I think one of the things that's important is that the question is, like, they tried, Reed tried to do it on Google. And I think, I thought about this a lot because I was very aware of the excessive dating that goes on there, you know. And I was married to a Google executive too, by the which we disclosed on our site. Um, but I think one of the issues was, was does that, does that, you know, when Sergey, we wrote all those stories about Sergey going out with a woman, went out with Hugo, it went on and on. Does that, filter down into the culture and does that create a feeling of anything goes? So that's that's the only place where I do think, huh, does it? Does it? that's something to think about real hard. Like if you have people at the top of the of the company who have different rules than everybody else, does everybody think it's okay to behave like that? Do you think that Silicon Valley, given sort of the Stereotype, but the Aspergery mm-hmm. sort of anti antisocial is the wrong word, but right, you've got a lot of dudes. They who have didn't not, date in high, have didn't not, the prom. Yeah, they haven't spent a lot of time with with people. Period. Mm-hmm. Right, and certainly not with women. Rough yeah. uh, generalization here that they will be have a harder time sort of trying to figure out the new landscape. Well, can I no. do this? Can I? No, it's, they're, they're on no, the same. No, I think that's an excuse. Else. Oh, they're such geese. They never went to the prom. They don't want to talk to a girl. Please, you don't talk about a girl's boobs at work. Sorry, that's really not the hardest thing to, you know, to understand or or you don't exclude women from certain things. I think it's an excuse to use, look at these feckless geeks. They don't know how to treat a lady. I mean, it's just ridiculous. They don't do it on the street. I'm certain they don't do it on the street. I'm certain they don't like walk around and or do that. I just don't. I think that's... I think the, that's uh, the how do we pronounce his name? Demore. Demore. James Demore. Right. So at one point recently, they said, "Oh, he's Aspergery. That's that's oh, why he whatever. he did all this." But the ass, the, I, the beginning part, I'm with the 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 manifesto part. The, yeah. the argument, I I see echoes of that all the time with engineers, and not not about sexism, but they say this is how my logic brain works, and right. and they they're quite proud of themselves, right? They think they're being. Um, they're questioning authority. They think sure. they're really, and I can sort of see how that tips into thus. Yes, women but are you less can cherry pick studies. There's a million studies no, 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 going of course. in the direction. But I can sort of see how their brain but works. I can too, and how that manifests itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're remember, scientific. Remember they're, it's meant- a scientific thing, Kara. And it's 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 a really interesting. They have no. What they don't have is an idea of how they impact their people around them. I think that is. I think there is an element of society. No EQ, I guess, where they don't. When they, I don't think James Moore still gets why he couldn't work at Google. Like I don't, you just can't. He can't manage people. He doesn't get the sec. The second step was if you were a woman. Same thing. There's a whole bunch of people now who want to go back to their jobs, and I'm like, you're not just not going to. It is a weird impulse to be. What was he a third year engineer at Google? Yeah. So so things are going well for you, right? Yeah. And to have that kind of whatever that anger is is to write that memo because you're 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 writing the one percent. Yeah, I think he had other thoughts about women and yeah. people that were a little more problematic. That's than, what I'm saying. But this wasn't sort of someone who was downtrodden and was sort of. Oh, they're all out, victims, right? Peter. Oh my God, they're the poor white guy can't say what they want at work anymore. Remember you talk about uh, typing stuff into Google and seeing what the results were. <laughs> yeah, <All right. laughs> what are you doing? We're going to do, right. do it with Kara Swisher. Okay, we're going to see what comes up in the predictive text. Peter Kafka will it. come up. I'll be forever linked with you. How do I do? How do I use Google? 
Show me. You don't know how to use Google? No. It's super easy. There's this box. All right. It's one of the box. I wanted the results. Well, you have to go up. to the Google main here, page. Here, we'll do this. Here. This this works just fine. Searches related to Kara Swisher. What is it? First, first, first one, Kara Swisher stroke. <laughs> a strokey. Strokey makes stroke, which is Peter likes to call him. How long ago was your stroke? Five years ago. You feeling better? I feel great. Life changes? Yeah. You had a stroke because we went to Hong Kong. Yes. You were on a long I flight. I blame Hong Kong. I have a hole in my heart, as many people who dated me have said. You were on, you were on a flight? I, I got a, uh, through the hole in my heart that I wasn't aware that I had, I had a, um, a, a embolism, or some, whatever, a clot. Went through and just managed. It was like a hole in one, the doctor said. And, and one day you woke up and couldn't talk. Couldn't talk, yeah, just for a short time. But you got to skip being at the conference. Yes, I did, and you did a fantastic job. So stroke, that's interesting. That comes up first. Yeah, stroke. Uh, Kara Swisher email, boring. Kara Swisher LinkedIn, boring. Kara Swisher podcast, fantastic. Right, yeah. Kara Swisher net worth. <laughs> really rich. How rich are you? Who, who's searching that? Just go to regular Google and pull it up. I, no, I, I did it on regular Google, too. Kara Swisher right. mayor, mayor, that's the classic that's one. I'm an Uber are you Are you done talking about being mayor? Oh, she's whatever. She Just can do it. Someone asked. No, 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 no. Mayor. Oh. Mayor. Oh, Los yes. Angeles. No, I'm not done talking about it. I'm still thinking about it. Still a thing. Yes. Mayor. But I only see I only see you talking about it when people ask you about it in yes. interviews. Well, I don't know yet. I'm I'm research I'm one of these people who actually researches things before I do it. I don't know. Some days I walk through the streets of San Francisco and I go, Ugh, this place is a mess. I can't clean it up. You know what I mean? Like I'm being honest with you. Do error. I want to do this? These these people, like, why do I really want to dedicate my life to cleaning up? Seems like the you same? could just go walk around to the billionaires and just shake some. That's free what money. I say. I, that's the part I like. I like the part. So I mean, look, we're just going to buy our way know. out of this. Something like it's ridiculous that the city is so filthy and disgusting. It's and crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's way scarier than any other it's city I've been in. It's a scary city. It has become a scary city. Kara Swisher, Uber. Yeah. Self evident. Self evident. Um, I feel good about what, our stories what, what, in Uber. Yeah, you used to get criticism mm-hmm. for going soft on Uber. Yes. Did something no, change? I got one critical. Yeah. But we were never that. We were one or the other. We Everybody was soft on yeah. Uber. Uh, yes, it did. I when, think did, we did. when did it click in for you? Um, I think... Because it was, it was sort of this thing that lots of people me, said... It was but it should have been Lots of people yeah. said, oh, yeah, those guys, they're, they're jerks. They're jerks. Jerks, but we, but we really, knew so many we jerks. We didn't write it. I don't think we understood. You know, it's interesting. I had dinner with Dara, who's the new CEO, and I said, you know, I think the problem is you're a healthy human being. I don't under- think you understand the toxicity of these people, and so you will react to them like a healthy adult does. And so I think that's what we were doing. He was sort of a jerk like a lot of people. He was just jerkier than most. But I think the level of toxicity was not known. But I think since then, we've done a great job a lot. We've got... We've helped along with other publications, you know, get rid of some of the CEOs. I think we've been an important force in that. So I, not just Recode, but uh, New York Times, I think the information's done a great job. Um, I think they are not in their jobs because of the media. You know, I think they have done, media has done a great job in putting pressure. And I think I put on a lot of pressure on that board. Um, and so is a lot of people. Travis is supposed to come to the Code Conference. He was. Remember? Didn't happen. Yeah. And that was, that was while... That was when things were going comparatively well for them. Yes, that's still, right. Yeah, he was coming. Before the bottom fell out. Yeah, before the report, the Holder report. But it was connected, right? Like he didn't want yes. to come. They Whatever the excuse, they gave us multiple excuses, some of which might have been valid. But mm-hmm. but the stuff that came out was in part because of the people who were doing the reporting yes. internally yes. about Uber came out and then spilled into stories that we and other publications wrote. 
Yeah, I'm proud of a lot of our stories. I think a lot. I think all of them together really did. A, you know, at, at this Christmas party for Uber, Dara stood up and he said, "You're welcome for all the news." And then he said, "And thank you for my job." You know, what I mean? because it was really, you know, it was interesting because we, I think we broke that story like by seconds, not not very much. Uh, but he he was like, "I found out I took my job." Through you said, "Here's Rico. the new Uber CEO." Yeah, here's the news, and he's like, "Oh, I guess I'm the Uber CEO." And his kids definitely found out through Rico, which was funny. Um, you talk to Tra- you talked to Travis? Since I have not. Morning? He won't. He, I haven't. I reached out. You've reached out? Times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you, when you, when you, when you meet, what do you think the, the opening line is going to be? You know, he's hard to talk to as it is. He's not the easiest person to chit chat. A lot of people I've been really tough on speak to me now a lot, a lot. A lot of them do. Um, I think that, um, I mean, I was just had a really enjoyable interview with C. Bomber. I don't think he, I was his favorite, his fan no. favorite. Um, talk basketball? No, we did not. We were on stage. We were on stage with him. Um, I think that I, I, he probably, I don't know, maybe he won't. Maybe, you know, I just had some drinks with people we've been, we were really tough on an Uber. I'm not going to say who, but uh, someone you would be surprised I had drinks with. So I think that is one of the things that people are, don't get about you in general, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you don't have the glasses on normally. But when you have the glasses on, you look very fierce. Mm-hmm. You do aggressive reporting. You don't have a lot of animus no. towards the people you're writing about. Mm, some of them. Mm-hmm. A few. Very few. I keep it to myself. Very few, and 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 you, you don't. Or I tell them. And you don't look back. No, but right? I tell them. I you're, tell. You're them. not going to let some grievance simmer for years. No, but I mean, a good example. I get along very well with Arianna Huffington, but the other day we were at a thing, and I said, "I think you've been an enabler of Travis." Period. A hundred percent. She's like, "No, girl, I have not been an enabler." I'm like, "Yes, you have. You you have presided over a lot." La- I I tell them to their face, and I think that that's different. And I'm not mean about it. I just think I said, I think you've enabled, I, I saw Bill Gurley. I think, I think I said the same thing to him. You're in, you know, good for you for now, but you enabled it. Like, I don't pretend that I'm not, I don't feel that way. So I think that's what I do that makes it easier is I don't have secret. I'm not friendly to them on the surface and then mean to them in the press. I think what I say to them personally or right in front of them is what then they're never surprised. You stab them in the front. Front. I stab like them in the front. And, and that's I think that's helpful. The last one was Trump. We don't need to do Trump. Trump. We just spent fifteen minutes. Yeah, on Trump. no, Trump. All right. Fran, are you ready? <laughs> Mine are so lame. <laughs> Recode, Apple Park, Twitter, LinkedIn. <laughs> what is yours? Nothing good. What is it? Certainly no net worth. <laughs> Here, let's just start up. We, um, that voice you hear, that's Dan Frommer. He's the editor-in-chief of Recode. He's our special guest for this last segment of the Kara Swisher interview. Dan, you missed it, but we did the Kara Swisher predictive uh, Google results. She didn't believe that net worth was one of the high ones, but here it is. It's number four on real Google. It's all the same results we had before. There's also Kara Swisher Shamath. Of course, because he's my boyfriend. I think because he's Googling you, probably. No, no, no. It's because people love the podcast with him. I have to tell you, that was an unusual... I don't know why email is there. That's so strange. I think people are looking for email. Twitter's the top one, and podcast's the top one. So And Uber, Yahoo's moved down. Yeah, Twitter. I'm on Twitter all the time. Fromer. Hello. How long have you worked at Recode now? Uh, Almost more than a year and a half. What is the one question you've been dying to ask Kara Swisher but haven't got around to? <laughs> he doesn't know. Look at him. He's not prepared Look at all. At what him. a journalist. Not prepared at all. Uh, Dan, you're here. We're gonna, when, this, when this comes Science. out, we're going to already launch the Recode 100. Yeah, talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. Why did we do a Recode 100? Um, well, a few reasons. I think the most interesting reason is that— so you, you can know, go to Recode.net and look up the Recode. You can go to Recode.net slash Recode 100 and get directly to the list. Um, you know, we— Peter and I have worked on lists before. Uh, most lists are 
a few editors sitting around in a room, scratching their chins, thinking about, oh, who did, who was that person I had lunch with a few weeks ago? They're so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like that that East Coast magazine editor yeah. voice you just did. <laughs> so we decided let's do something far far more complicated and time consuming. Um, let's try to make a list that is uh, ranked and rated and judged and grouped by the people who actually know what they're talking about, the the peers, uh, our community, the people who are actually working every day in tech and media and business and who actually theoretically should know who who's actually doing really interesting work and not just who managed to get uh, you know onto our schedules this year. Uh, so we put together a multi-step process including public submissions from our community, uh, an entire advisory team, which I built, uh, which included some really big names, um, Troy Carter, the founder of Girls Who Code, uh, I think it was 18 people in the but end. Diversity was important. Absolutely. So the idea was to expand the list of, of, of people we would normally put on a list. And the list is people who, what, what's your term, kicked ass in, in 2017? Kicked ass and, yeah, or won the year or whatever you want to say. What's, what, was, what was surprising to you to see near the top? I mean, uh, I think the biggest surprise was number two, um, you know. We can say it, right? This thing will yeah. appear in the future. I guess we can say it. Susan Fowler, mm-hmm. who... Uh, now I believe works at Stripe, but she who, does. you know, with with a blog post uh, early this year, basically brought down Uber and in, in probably the most dramatic executive shuffle that certainly I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Cascading. She created a cascade. of Yeah. And let's not like credit Uber with everything that happened since then. But it was certainly one of the first situations where someone stood up and said, hey, it's not OK what's going on here. Yeah. Um, and we've seen a lot of that since then. And I think that especially in our kind of field that we just define as the recode world, uh, you know, and certainly in, in the, the real world, Uber is one of the yeah, biggest, most interesting companies it, in years. And to see the absolute destruction of its executive team was Huge. These guys were on top of the world. And I think what's interesting, it's sort of like the Army McCarthy hearings when I'm blanking on the guy's name who said, uh, at long last, have you no shame? Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. And I think it was good from an insider. I think a reporter could not have done that. Many reporters, I mean, lots of people wrote about that. But I think from someone who was insider who did it in such a dispassionate it was. So, if you, you should read that again because it's super dispassionate. It's just a recounting. I, I remember when it came out. And it was like Sunday, and yeah. it was passing around Twitter. I said, "Oh, well, this is another one of those Mm-mm. negative Uber stories." And it's like a bunch of others we've seen, and it'll be. It's 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 for people on Twitter to talk about, and it'll go away in a day. No. It was different. It hit a it hit a nerve with everybody. It hit a nerve like oh like when you finally go oh yeah okay that's enough I've had enough of this and I think it wasn't just about Uber it was about Everything here, like everything. So let's look ahead next year. Talk about the media business. Um, things are a little nervous making right now. I just read about Mashable getting sold for not very much money, at least compared to the valuation. Uh, BuzzFeed so yeah, headlines. Peter, this will be your last podcast. This is my last <laughs> podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mac Weldon. Um, <laughs> my socks are completely comfortable as I get laid off. There's a lot of consolidation happening, right? Yeah. The very big companies. They should have sold a long time ago. Right, Peter? Gonna buy they had a chance who, to sell Mashable. Didn't they have like nine chances to sell over the years? They've wanted to sell for a long. They've been on yeah, sale. But before that, there was a hot well. There was deal. always CNN was going to buy them. It was never clear the that they actually Felix were going to buy them. Scoop. <laughs> yeah, you can go. You can go on Twitter and find that. I, yeah. I posted it. Um, so there's uh, there's always individual companies that have individual stories, right? Mashable story is different than BuzzFeed story. Um, do we think that that we're in for a, a year of retrenchment broadly in media? I go ahead, you first. As people who run media companies, sure. 
I, I look, I, I still stand by my age old philosophy, which is if you do interesting work every day forever, you'll be pretty much okay most of the time. Um, what I think is I put that on a coin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the secret yeah. to, to succeeding in, in media is be interesting every day forever um, and never stop. I think one of the things that uh, makes me a little nervous uh, and maybe more so than I have been in the past is the business model where it's very clear that banner ads are, you know, not a, uh, a thriving investment for, for future uh, media companies. And you see a lot of them doing things like custom content and sponsorships and native ads and building – Podcast, but but building these agencies in house that do a lot more than just sell media, and that works for some of them, but it certainly doesn't work for a lot of them. And I hear you know some of the smaller ones are losing deals right now to the New York Times, which has been very successful there. And every time I see a, a tweet of a chart that's like, oh, the Facebook and Google are going to take all of the growth in online advertising next year, even though I don't think of Facebook and Google as really competing with most publishers, it uh, it's not great. Yeah, I think, see, I'm at the opposite mind. I think this is just not the time to draw back, actually. If you do, if if you have a decent- This is directed at Jim Banco. Jim Banco. <laughs> it's just like, like okay, if you overspend too much, like, I don't know, BuzzFeed spent a lot on video. If you overspend, or, or and they've talked about that, and they had a retrenchment, obviously, which you reported about, then maybe. But if you are actually doing okay, the time is, this is exactly when you lean in. Like, I think that's a thing. Warren Buffett's like that. Lots of people, as you time don't. Inc. was, was, was founded. Exactly. Google was founded in the middle of a mess. I mean, if you remember. And so I think if you have a real, like Dan says, if you have a really good, which you think is something people like, you lean into it. You lean into it as long as it's high quality and you're, and you're, and you keep your costs in line and with what you're doing. I think it's the very, I don't think it's time to spend like crazy, but I do think it's time not to, to, it's just right now is when people give up and they shouldn't. That's my feeling. Yeah. And people are not using less media. Yes, exactly. And they're actually, to me, one of the most exciting things are the development of these kind of micro subscriptions, which at least for certain niche publications are actually working quite well. So... Um, yeah, that's encouraging. Um, and, and I think we all overestimate sort of uh, VC funding and how much money actually went into media. If you sort of look compared to what they spend on, on stuff they really care about, even when we thought they were going nuts spending I on mean, media, it was tiny right. in Juicero. Really? Are we that worried? Yeah. Like we're not going to get money? Like, I, And also all this money that's going to come washing into the system with the tax reform and with repatriation for these companies. There's going to be so much money all over the place for investment. And then where does it wash to? And I think if, if you don't keep experimenting with media and pushing forward, you're really you have nowhere to go. Like the, to me, it's yeah. it's a real problem. I agree. I'm generally optimistic. I'm super pessimistic about local news. I think that is a really mm-hmm. bad thing for our country. Oh, the, the, the Sinclair the, Zone, all of it. Or? The, there is no local news yeah. in most markets now. It's been even the stuff that's there has been stripped stripped out for yep. years, and no one is to, is is really trying hard to sort of solve that problem. Mm-hmm. I just um, was thinking that today. It's oddly enough, I was walking to work. I walk to work every day, and I was walking past the Chronicle on Mission Street, and I thought I should. I would love to run this thing. You know what I mean? So like we mayor really and publisher. The no, but I was thinking, wouldn't that be more more? Could you be more effective running a local? I was thinking local in general. Like, could you be? 
Is there a way to do it? That's, now, of course, you've got the issues around unions and all kinds of uh, and, and facilities. They own the buildings and everything, and everything else. At the Chronicle, you say you're being silent about unions. But, you know, the, the problematic, all the different issues around publishing, including local advertising and everything else, because I started off as a local retail reporter at the Washington Post. And so I have some knowledge of this. And so I think it's a really interesting business issue because you're right. There's all kinds of interest in local news, too. Like, it, there really is. And so how do you, do you deliver that? you have citizen... This? What? Crowdsourced so, crime reporting? No, we might. We, I'm sure we do. I'm this sure is the problem, do. right? All of the, all not, the local news great. experiments are all based on, well, what if we got people to give us news for free, like the right. LA Weekly Jonah did? Right. Or if we crowdsourced it, or if we took up the other blogs that are covering local news and, and aggregated it, and no one actually wants to spend money hiring someone to go to City Hall and ask the mayor what happened. Right, it's a really interesting problem. It's, it's, it would be a very interesting thing to work on, I would think. I, I, I found it. I was just thinking all the different fantastic challenges it would Let's, pose. This headline is not as sexy as Kara Swisher's going to be mayor of San Francisco, <laughs> but, but Kara Swisher's going to run a local news empire. Well, how do you influence local, how do you influence politics locally and nationally? And I think, for example, the reason I'd be interested in marriage is because you could, you could have national implications because San Francisco is a national and global city and it acts like it's not. And so that's my, that's my interest in San Francisco is this is where everything's happening and why aren't we, why don't we have more impact? Look on, at you. You really did perk right up here right I'm at the saying, end. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Local news. This. I did not Lo- realize this was going to get well, you. It's just, it was a funny idea. I did that today as I was walking. Do you think it's uniquely problematic in America, though, or, or are there places where uh, local news is either has a different model or or maybe it's that local news was well, only really ever successful look at London. here? London, yeah, right? London has like ninety newspapers, right? Why is that? People read them; they really Japan, do. like Tokyo too. Although I don't know how free the press is in places like no, that. No, there's where, so like, many voices it? in London. Like, think about it. Tell me, why does London have so many? I have no idea. And people <laughs> read them. People, but honestly, I'm, I'm more concerned about Pittsburgh and Minneapolis. Yeah, I'm yeah, because yeah. there's always because it, because it, it boiled down to one. That's what happened, and then that one was at risk. Then when Walmart came into town, it, it went way back when Walmart came. And Janet didn't advertise locally, and all the department stores closed, and classified suck. My big worry so. is that there isn't a local market for this, and then people were buying small, these things because be they were small. it was habitual, and because that's where you learned how to buy a car, yeah, and it's where you had to get sports scores. And then once you stripped all that stuff out, some of it's Google's fault, some of it's eBay's fault, blah blah blah. There's just no there. There's actually not much of an appetite. But what about to the Washington Post? Give me in the Washington that. Post. Their their model is not to be a local paper, not right? Anymore, yeah. That is what Jeff Bezos has done. Is that I'm going to throw a ton of money at you guys, and you guys become a national yeah. newspaper again. As it happens, Washington happens to be an interesting local place. It's a good time to have bought a national. Right. Newspaper. When I go home to Chicago and look at the Tribune, it's, it's sad how thin it is. Like it's not. Yeah. You know. That's yeah. to me. That I mean, that's the number three market. No, LA that Times. Is, our friend Ross Levinson over there trying to fix things up there with a. Those crazy tronk people. I mean, it's, good, good luck, luck, Ross. Good luck, Ross. Good, good luck, luck Ross. We're going to leave it there. We're going to wish Ross Levinson good By luck. By the way, he called me. He said, Do you, would you be interested in being the editor? I was like, what? No. Like, no. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> no. So now they got Louis Tvork in Yes. Yeah. He was, he, I think he was calling everybody like in a dialorama and stuff like that. Um, good luck, Ross. We're going to leave good it luck, there. Ross. Thank you, Kara, for coming back on the podcast. We'll have you back again in a year. Yes. Thank you, Dan, for guest hosting. I'll see you guys in February. February. Code Media Code Conference. Media. That's going to be awesome. We'll talk about all this stuff again. So many things. But with more people. And let me just say, that yeah. is a great conference. I would actually pay for that conference. Well, you have to pay this year. I know, I'm going to. So there's a retrenchment. Because <laughs> my net worth is coming up on Google. But I have to say, I do always learn something. And it's very confusing, actually, because I learn lots of different things, and I don't know what to think, and I like that. So you'll Makes be on stage me. for part of it asking questions? Yes, I will, but I find it very helpful. In the audience listening. Yes. Good. Yes. Kara Swisher says very helpful. That is what we're going to go with.
from, from here on out. Thanks to our fine sponsors. Uh, thanks to Cadence 13 that brings those sponsors to our show. So does Vox Media. Thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks to Joel Robbie, who's editing this show. And to my producer, Eric Johnson. This is Recode Media. I will see you next week. <laughs>